0: CHAPTER NINE OF BULL HUNTER BY MAX BRAND THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN At that fall the six men scampered from beneath the table to seize the downed man. There was no need of their haste. Sheriff Anderson was a wreck rather than a fighting man. One arm was horribly crumpled beneath him. His ribs were shattered. There was a great gash where the rung of the chair had cut into the bone like a knife they stood chattering about the falling man straighten him out feeling his pulse making sure that he who would soon hang at the will of the law was alive outside voices were rushing toward them doors slamming bull hunter broke through the circle bent over the limp body and drew a big bundle of keys from a pocket then without a word He went back to the far end of the room, buckled on his gun belt, and in silence left the room. The others paid no heed. They and the newcomers, who had poured into the room, were fascinated by the work of the giant, rather than the giant's self. They had a lantern, swinging dull light, and grotesque shadows across the place now, and by the illumination two of the men went to the wall and picked up the great oaken chair. They raced it slowly between them, a battered mass of disconnected wood. Then they looked at the far end of the long table, where he who had thrown the missile had stood. Another line had been written in the history of Bull Hunter, the first line that was written in red. Bull himself was on his way to the jail. He found it unguarded. The deputy had gone to find the cause of the commotion at the hotel. The steel bars, moreover, were sufficient to retain the prisoner and keep out would-be rescuers. In the dim light of his lantern, Bull saw that Pete Reeve was sitting cross-legged on his bunk, like a little dried-up idol smoking a cigarette. His only greeting to the big man was a lifting of the eyebrows. But when the big key was fitted into the lock and the lock turned, he showed his first signs of interest. He was standing up when Bull opened the door and strode in. "'Have you got your things?' said Bull curtly. "'What things, big fella?' "'Why, guns and things, and your hat, of course.' Pete Reeve walked to the corner of the cell and took a sombrero off the wall. "'Here's the hat,' he answered. "'But they ain't passing out guns to jailbirds, not in these parts.' "'You ain't a jailbird,' answered Bull. "'So we'll get that gun. Know where it is?' Reeve followed without a question through the open door, only stopping as he passed beyond the bars to look back to them with a shudder. It was the first sign of emotion he had shown since his arrest, but his step was lighter and quicker as he followed Bull into the front room. "'In that closet yonder,' said Reeve, pointing to a door. "'That's where they keep the guns.' Bull shook out his bundle of keys into the great palm of his hand. "'Not those keys.' THE DEPUTY HAS THE KEY TO THE CLOSET, SAID PETE. I SAW ANDERSON GIVE IT TO HIM. BULL sighed. I AIN'T GOT MUCH TIME, PARTNER, HE SAID. APPROACHING THE DOOR, HE EXAMINED IT WISTFULLY. BUT MAYBE THERE'S ANOTHER WAY. HE DREW BACK A LITTLE, RAISED HIS RIGHT LEG, AND SMASHED THE HEAVY COWHIDE BOOT AGAINST THE DOOR. THE WOOD SPLIT FROM TOP TO BOTTOM, AND BULL'S LEG WAS DRIVEN ON THROUGH THE APERTURE. He paused to wrench the fragments of the door from lock and hinges and then beckoned to Pete Reeve. Look for your gun in here, Reeve. The little man cast one twinkling glance at his companion and then was instantly among the litter of the closet floor. He emerged, strapping a belt about him, the holster tugging far down so that the muzzle of the gun was almost at his knee. Bull appreciated the diminutive size of the man for the first time, seeing him in conjunction with the big gun on his thigh. There was an odd change in the little man also the moment his gun was in place. He tugged his broad-brimmed hat a little lower across his eyes and poised himself as if on tiptoe. His glance was a constant flicker about the room until it came to rest on Bull. Suppose he let me in on the meaning of all this. Who are you? "'And where do you figure on letting me loose?' "'What in thunder is it all about?' "'We'll talk later. "'Now you gotta get started.' Bull waved to the door. Pete Reeve darted past him with noiseless steps and paused a moment at the threshold of the jail. Plainly, he was ready for fight or flight, and his right hand was toying constantly with the holstered butt of his gun. Bull followed to the outside, "'Horses?' asked the little man curtly. "'On foot,' answered Bull, with equal brevity, and he led the way straight across the street. There was no danger of being seen. All the life of the town was drawn to the center about the hotel. Lights were flashing behind its windows. Men were constantly pounding across the veranda, running in and out. Bull led the way past the building and cut for the cottonwoods. "'And now,' demanded Pete Reeve, "'Now, partner?' The word stung Bull. It had not been applied to him more than half a dozen times in his life, together with its implications of free and equal brotherhood, to be called partner by a great man who had conquered terrible Uncle Bill Campbell. "'They's a mess in the hotel,' said Bull, explaining as shortly as he could. "'Seems that Sheriff Anderson,' was the gent that done the killing of Armstrong. It got found out, and the sheriff tried to get away. Lots of noise and trouble. Ah, said Reeve, it was him then, the old hound. I might have knowed. But I kept figuring that there was two of em. Well, the sheriff was a handy boy with his gun. Did he drop anybody before they got him? I heard two guns go off like one. Them must have been the sheriff's cannons they was said bull but the bullets didn't hit nothing but wood wild huh shot into the wall nope into a chair the little man was struggling and panting sometimes breaking into a trot to keep up with the immense strides of his companion a chair you don't say so bull was silent how come he shot at a chair drunk the chair was sailing through the air at him Mm, returned Pete Reeve. "'Somebody throwed a chair at him, "'and the sheriff got rattled and shot at it instead of dodging. "'Well, I've seen a pile of funnier things, than that happened in gunplay, off and on. "'Who threw the chair?' "'I did.' "'You?' "'He squinted up at the lofty form of Bull Hunter. "'What name did you say?' he asked gently. "'Hunter is my name. "'Mostly they call me Bull.' "'You got the size for that name, partner. "'So you cleaned up the sheriff with a chair,' he sighed. "'I wish I'd been there to see it. "'But who got the inside on the sheriff?' "'I don't know what you mean.' "'Reeved looked closely at his companion. "'Plainly he was bewildered. "'Somewhere between a smile and a frown. "'I mean, who found out that the sheriff done it?' "'He told it himself,' said Bull. "'Drunk, huh?' "'Nope, not drunk.' He was asked if he didn't do the murder. Great guns, who asked him? I done it, said Bull, as simple as ever. Reeve bit his lip. He had just put Bull down as a simple-minded hulk. He was forced to revise his opinion. You done that? You followed him up, huh? I just done a little thinking, so I asked him. Reeve shook his head. Maybe you hypnotized him, he suggested. Nope, I just asked him. "'I got a lot of folks sitting around, "'and then I began telling the sheriff "'how he'd done the shooting. "'And he admitted it? "'Nope, he jumped for a gun. "'And then you heaved a chair at him. "'Pete Reeve drew in a long breath. "'But what reason did you have, son? "'I got to ask you that "'before I thank you the way I want to thank you. "'But before you kick out, "'you'll find that Pete Reeve is a friend.' "'My reason was,' said Bull, that I had business to do with you that couldn't be done in a jail, so I had to get you out. And now where are we headed? Where we can do that business? They had reached a broad break in the cottonwoods. The moonlight was falling so softly and brightly. Bull paused and looked around him. I guess this'll have to do, he declared. All right, son. You can be as mysterious as you want. Now, what you got me here for? "'To kill you,' said Bull gently. Pete Reeve flinched back. Then he tapped his holster, made sure of the gun, became more easy. "'That's interesting,' he announced. "'You couldn't wait for the law to hang me, huh?' Bull began explaining laboriously. He pushed back his hat and began to count off his points in the palm of one hand. "'You shot up Uncle Bill Campbell,' he explained. "'It ain't that I got any grudge against you for that.' "'But you see, Uncle Bill took me in young "'and give me a home all these years. "'I thought it would sort of pay him back "'if I run you down. "'So I walked across the mountains and come after you.' "'Wait!' exclaimed Pete Reeve. "'You walked?' "'Yup,' he went on, heedless of the fact "'that Pete Reeve was peering earnestly "'into the face of his companion, "'now puckered with the earnest frown of thought. "'I come down hoping to get you and kill you, Besides, that wouldn't only pay back Uncle Bill. It would make him think that I was a man. You see, Reeve, I ain't quick thinking, and I ain't bright. I ain't got a quick tongue and sharp eyes, and they've been treating me like I was a kid all my life. So I got to do something, I got to. I ain't got anything against you, but you just happen to be the one I got to fight. Stand over, yonder, by that stump. I'll stand here and we'll fight fair and square. Pete Reeve obeyed, his movements slow, as if they were the result of hypnotism. Bully said rather faintly, looking at the towering bulk of his opponent, I don't know, maybe I'm going nutty, but I figure that you come down here to kill me for the sake of getting your uncle to pat you on the back once or twice, and you find you can't get at me because I'm in jail, so you work out a murder mystery to get me out. "'and then you tackle me? "'You say you ain't very bright? "'I don't know. "'Maybe you ain't bright, "'but you're mighty different.' "'He paused and rubbed his forehead. "'Son, I've seen pretty good men in my day, "'but I ain't never seen one "'that I cotton to like I do to you. "'You saved my life. "'How can you figure on me going out "'and taking yours now?' "'You ain't going to, maybe,' said Bull calmly. "'Maybe I'll get you.' "'Son,' answered the other, almost sadly, shaking his head. "'When I'm right, with a good steady nerve, "'there ain't any man in the world that can sling a gun with me. "'And tonight I'm right, if it comes to a showdown. "'But are you pretty good with a gun yourself, Bull?' "'No,' answered Bull, frankly. "'I ain't any good compared to an expert like you. "'But I'm good enough to take a chance.' "'Them sort of chances ain't taken twice, Bull.' ''You see,'' said Bull, ''I'm going to make a rush as I pull the gun. If I get you before I'm dead, well, all I ask is to lay my hands on you, you see?'' The little man shuddered and blinked. ''I see,'' he said, and swallowed with difficulty. ''But in the name of reason, Bull, have sense. Let me talk. I'll tell you what that uncle of yours was.'' ''Don't talk,'' exclaimed Bull Hunter. ''I sort of like you, partner.'' "'and it sort of breaks me down to hear you talk. "'Don't talk, but listen. "'The next time that frog croaks, "'we go for our guns, huh? "'That frog off in the marsh.' "'He had hardly spoken before the ominous sound was heard, "'and Bull reached for his gun. "'For all his bulk of hand and unwieldy arms, "'the gun came smoothly, swiftly into his hand. "'He would have had an ordinary man covered, long before the latter had his gun muzzle clear of the leather. But Pete Reeve was no ordinary man. His arm jerked down, his fingers flickered down and up. They went down empty, they came up with the burden of a long revolver shining in the moonlight, and he fired before bull's gun came to the level for a shot. Only Pete Reeve knew the marvel of his own shooting this day. He had sworn a solemn, in silent oath that he would not kill this faithful, courageous fellow from the mountains. He could have planted a bullet where the life lay at any instant of the fight, but he fired for another purpose. The moment Bull reached for his weapon, he had lurched forward, aiming to shoot as he ran. Pete Reeve set himself a double goal. His first intention was to disarm the giant, the other was to stop his rush. For once, Within the grip of those big fingers, his life would be squeezed out like the juice of an orange. His task was doubly difficult in the moonlight, but the first shot went home nicely, aimed as exactly as a scientist finds a spot with his instruments. Where the moon's rays splashed across the bare right forearm of Bull, he sent a bullet that slashed through the great muscles. The revolver dropped from the nerveless hand of the giant, but bull never paused on he came empty-handed but with the power of death as the little man well knew in the fingers of his extended left hand he came with a snarl a savage intake of breath as he felt the hot slash of pete's bullet but reeve standing erect like some sort of duelist of old his left hand tucked in the hollow of his back took the great gambling chance and refused to shoot to kill He placed his second shot more effectively, for this time he must stop that tremendous body advancing upon him. He found one critical spot between the knee and the thigh, halfway up the inside of the left leg. He drove that second bullet with the precision of a surgeon. The leg crumpled under Bull and sent him pitching forward on his face. Perhaps the marsh ground was unstable, but it seemed to Pete Reeve that the very earth quaked beneath his feet as the big man fell he swung his gun wide and leaned to see how serious was the damage he had done bleeding would be the greater danger but that fraction of a second brought him into another peril the giant heaved up on his sound right leg and his sound left arm and flung himself forward two limbs dangling uselessly with a hideously contorted face Bull swung his left arm in a wide circle for a grip and scooped in Pete Reeve as the latter sprang back with a cry of horror. The action swept Pete in and crushed his gun hand and arm against the body of his assailant, paralyzing his only power of attack or defense. Reeve was carried down to the ground as if beneath the bulk of a mountain. There was no question of sparing life now, Pete Reeve began to fight for his life. He wrestled at his gun to tug it free, but found it anchored. He pulled the trigger, and the gun spoke loud and clear, but the bullet plunged into empty space. Then he felt that left arm begin to move, and the hand worked up behind his back like a great spider. Higher it rose, and the huge, thick fingers reached up and around his throat, fumbling to get at the windpipe pete reeve made his last effort it was like striving to free himself from a ton's weight hysteria of fear and horror seized him and his voice gave utterance to his terror as he screamed the big fingers joined around his throat any further pressure would end him he looked up into the glaring eyes and the contorted face of the giant the rasping panting breathing paralyzed his senses There was a slight inward contraction of the grip. Then it ceased. Miraculously, he felt the great hand relax and fall away. The bulk was heaved away from him, and staggering to his own feet, he saw bull hunter supported against a tree, one leg useless, one arm streaming. "'I couldn't seem to do it,' said Bull Hunter thickly. "'I couldn't no way seem to do it, Reeve. You see, I sort of like you, and I couldn't kill you, Pete.' When Pete Reeve recovered from his astonishment, he said, "'You can do more. You can go home and tell that infernal hound of an uncle of yours that you had the life of Pete Reeve under your fingertips and that you didn't take it. It's the second time I've owed my life, and both times in one day, and both times to one man. You tell your uncle that.'" The big man sagged still more against the tree. "'I'll never go home, Pete,' unless ghosts walk and i'll never tell uncle bill anything unless the ghosts talk i'm dyin pretty pronto i think pete dyin you ain't hurt bad bull it's the bleeding all the senses is running out of my head like water and the moon is turning black and-he slumped down at the foot of the tree End of chapter nine.